0: See sí, Baba.
1: Thank you for listening to Cinephiles Digest. My name is Matt, and this is episode 64. And on this episode, we're going to be discussing the Lion King as well as the creature feature Crawl. Joining me today, are my co host Travis. Yo, yo, yo. And Tom, welcome back to the show. Anytime now, Tom, go ahead. Don't be shy. I guess he's being shy today. <laughs> Uh, Tom is not with us today Tom uh, and his wife Sarah just uh, welcomed their newborn baby boy into the world about a week ago so he's taken uh, some well-deserved time off do not know when he will be back joining us on the show but uh, congratulations to him and Sarah and uh, can't wait to meet the, the little one
2: yes future critic
1: yes yeah we'll get him on the show you know once he's out of diapers and he's uh, capable of a little bit of critical analysis we'll uh have him on the show to talk about the fucking third remake of i don't know fucking aristocats or like whatever bullshit disney churns out in five years um so yeah we originally were going to have a guest on this episode uh but things fell through a bit may have him in a couple weeks we will see so i will uh Stay quiet about who I'm referring to, but he, if he does eventually make it on the show, will be a new guest to the show. And, uh, next episode we're going to be doing Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And it sounds like we hopefully have a guest lined up for that one. We should uh,
2: a familiar voice.
1: Yes. So, uh, we will cross that bridge in a couple of weeks, but as for today, Travis, what's new? What do you got to talk about?
2: Mm, not a whole lot. like Always. Uh- <laughs> Uh, I'm going on Chelsea's family retreat tomorrow. It Starts tomorrow.
1: Where is this? Is Eastern Washington,
2: the uh, area? Yep. Gonna ride some jet skis, hang with the fam, eat, do some drinking.
1: How long is this uh,
2: event? Wednesday to Sunday. Okay. Should be fun though. Her family, her like immediate family, has their whole house to themselves this year. Last which share different I didn't right? it with grandma and stuff. So this year it's going to be much better. <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening, grandma, I'm sorry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, nice. That sounds like fun. Uh, so is that about all you got coming down the pipe in the next couple weeks here?
2: Pretty much besides once upon a time in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. It's
1: going to be a big one. I'm excited for it. Um, not much going on in my camp. Uh, I visited my parents this past weekend with my girlfriends and, uh, there was a band playing the local watering hole that my parents were really into. They're called the takers. So they had tried to get us to come up last year when they were playing, but it didn't work out. So this year we have to check them out. Uh, they're probably the best bar band I've ever seen. If that makes sense. They just play covers. You know, they play for like four hours, take a couple of breaks, you know, but their thing is like, uh, heavy metal. So they were playing, nice. uh, Rat, Black Sabbath. Did you um, mosh? No moshing. No. <laughs> uh, it's funny. My mom was telling me afterward that apparently the owners got up a lot of complaints about that band for being too loud.
2: Just like their sound? Just,
1: and also just the volume there. They were I've seen a couple bands that perform at that bar, and it's generally pretty like quiet. So they it's were pretty like, loud. It's like Motorhead. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, there were some people who were into it, but the clientele is a lot of fucking old people who you know are kind of fussy. So apparently they got some backlash, drinking but it's just once a year. PBR? No, probably drinking fucking Miller Lite, or uh, <laughs> uh, if they're really feeling fancy, like a Michelob Ultra, you know. <laughs> Um, but it was a good time. I got way too drunk because um, my parents. I can't hang with them. So that happens. Yeah, but it was a good time. Uh, other than that,
2: just, just been, drinking beer shots. What were just you doing beer. Again?
1: Nothing nice. fancy. There's there was uh, this big event going on at the same time called a uh, rollback weekend. It's like a big, you know, vendor festival. They had a beer garden, so we started at the beer garden, listened to some shitty band. How was um, the beer? Yeah, uh, they had three options. It was like. One from was like some an, sort of hefeweizen from an actual brewery. Or well, one a, of them was so Rubens, a local like Seattle brewery. They had one of their beers there. It was like a summer Isn't IPA.
2: Not too far from here. No,
1: no? Oh, no, we went there one time. Me, you, Chelsea, and yeah, Haley. We Is did. That where yeah, we, we did. played Exploding
2: Kittens. No, that was around the corner. Oh,
1: that was like okay. Obek or Obox something like that. Oh, that sounds right. Yeah. Um, they had that, and then the other option was Budweiser, I think. So it was like three kegs. You, it was kind of stupid because you like right next to where they were pouring the kegs, you had to get tickets. So you would pay for your beer, get a ticket, and then go right next the booth, right next over, and put the you know, uh, ticket in the bin, and then they would do it. It's like why eliminate a step here like it's not that big of an operation (laughs) (laughs) like just take the money and then do it all just have one person assigned to taking money and other people pouring beer like yeah adding a ticket into the mix just seemed kind of stupid but um it was pretty fun it was a good time the weather was super nice it's been pretty shitty in the seattle area past couple weeks for summer anyway so things are looking up
2: oh yeah it it was really hot last year at where we're going Mm -hmm. so i'm kind of nervous what's the forecast I haven't looked it up, but last year was, like, 90s, and that was... You're leaving tomorrow and you haven't looked it up? I don't check that stuff,
1: dude.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I'll figure it out when I get there. That does remind me, though. I did go see a show last year. Oh, yes. Yes, you did. August Burns Red. Mm -hmm. They did their 10-year anniversary of Constellations, one of their banger albums. Oh, yeah? I mean, they're all bangers, but... Pretty awesome. Uh, Definitely browned out a little bit during August Burns Red. I love a good brown out. Um, But I raged the night away. Did some moshing, some hardcore dancing. (laughs) From what I remember, (laughs) got to meet half the band. Met the lead singer and the guitarist at the bar next door. That was pretty rad.
1: Singer and guitarist, that's That's all that matters. Who who cares where the drummer and the bass player (laughs) were?
2: Saw Silverstein as well. Ugh, they were all right from what i remember that night just went by really quick yeah yeah
1: did you guys get there like at doors were you just drinking we got inside like, right silver
2: scene started
1: was there another opener or?
2: yeah i don't remember who it was though were
1: they doing any kind of like album anniversary because i feel like they're getting up there in age to the point where they're probably going to start doing if yeah. they haven't already done it i mean i don't like that band so maybe they've already done that but
2: yeah i i feel like they've already done something like that for their bigger albums but they were just doing a regular set. Oh, okay. Their newer stuff's actually not that bad, though. I don't know if you'd like it, but I uh, <laughs> almost guarantee you I wouldn't. But
1: <laughs> I would peep a song, I guess. <laughs>
2: they have progressed.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, so have uh, "Bring Me the Horizon" and well, that's <laughs> <laughs> also trash. Maybe not for the better. <laughs> uh, cool. All right. Well, uh, anything else you want to mention before we start diving into our reviews here? Nope. All Let's right. Do it. Short and sweet. First things first, we're going to be covering The Lion King. We have a clip. Let's listen. This
0: gorge is where all lions come to find their roar. All lions? Even my dad? Even Mufasa came here when he was your age. Refused to leave until his roar could be heard above the rim. All the way up there? That's when you know you found it. With a little practice... You'll never be called a cub again. Watch this. You'll get it, Simba. Just takes time. I'll check on you later. Dad will be so proud, won't he?
1: It's a gift he'll
0: never forget.
1: Okay, The Lion King is a remake. I don't want to call it live action. I don't know if it's really. Because I think, as far as I could tell, it's pretty much all like animation. Yeah. Except for maybe some of the landscapes, but even then, I, I read they did some sort of like virtual reality, like oh, animation fusion or something. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I can't call it live action, but HD remake of uh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of the original hand drawn or hand animated Lion King. Uh, so this is the latest in a series of remakes of.
2: Disney, I guess, classic, yeah,
1: (laughs) yeah. Like they're cashing in on the on nostalgia by doing like the um, like '90s kids remaking those Disney films, like for a new audience. Why not go
2: see the new one? I don't know. It's been twenty years. Why not?
1: (laughs) (laughs) This one is directed by John Favreau, who also did the HD remake of The Jungle Book believe he was at the helm of that one which i didn't see did you see jungle book i did book? see
2: that one and i liked it quite a bit i heard it was pretty good yeah um
1: solid. so we got fucking all-star voice cast on this one uh we got Sh- uh, she would tell the geofor i always i don't know how to pronounce his name but it's close enough he does the voice of scar we got john oliver as zazu the toucan or whatever the fuck he is James Earl Jones uh, is reprising his role as Mufasa. Uh, Still killing it. Crushes. <laughs> dude rules. Keegan Michael Key is Kamari. Eric Andre is Azizi. He's uh, one of the hyenas. Also got Timon and Pumbaa, Seth Rogen, and Billy Eichner. And uh, where the fuck is Beyonce on this list?
2: Did you say Donald Glover?
1: Oh, right. He, yeah, this. this imdb like castless is all over the place because donald glover's oh it's in credits order that's weird so where the fuck is so chance the rapper is bush baby i didn't know that what the fuck is bush baby so at the very bottom we have donald glover as simba beyonce as nala
2: so who do you know who young versions of those were
1: they're not credited, so maybe they did both, or maybe they're just not listed on... Uh... There's
2: no way the young version was. <laughs> 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 they're not on the IMDb
1: voice credit, so... Ouch. Doesn't matter, fuck them. Okay, so The Lion King. uh, 2019. What's your rating of animated oh, Lion King? Five stars. That's a five-star oh, movie yeah. for you? For real? Come
2: on, it's a classic. All right, I guess.
1: <laughs> um, I can go first on this one uh i was kind of dreading seeing this movie because from the very first trailer i've been like this looks fucking gross and uh sure enough this was a fucking pointless pointless remake it's covering basically all the same beats the same story the reworkings of the songs i think are worse pretty much all around oh yeah uh, the biggest problem with this movie is that the hand-drawn animated version, they're animals, but they're very emotive, right? They can smile, they can scowl, they can do all this stuff. Like, there's, yeah. you can carry a sense of, like, brevity and, like, emotion with the animation, right? This is just fucking HD lions. Like, their mouths move, like, to match the voice, but the eyes are just lifeless dead you know dead what i mean eye. just fucking dead <laughs> eyes it just doesn't work like there's you you think of like <clears throat> the 1994 1994 lion king and how like beautiful the colors are and how kind of goofy some of there's like dance numbers and shit it's just a lot of fun yeah you, you can't do that when you're like using anthropomorphic not anthropomorphic like two scale like true to life i guess proportions uh, the way the, the animals move and stuff it just it doesn't translate well into this environment like i just completely fell flat in basically every regard for me
2: yeah that was my biggest problem too it was just dull like in the original you can you can tell scar is like a bad guy from like the first instance you see him just because the way he's like colored his eyes and just like his eyebrows and everything. And like just his, this his one,
1: posture and stuff, the yeah. way he has a menace to him. This one, it's like, oh, you're, he's a
2: little bit skinnier than Mufasa.
1: His color might be a little got, different,
2: but nothing drastic. You can see a faint scar on his eye, but like besides that, he just looks like a normal yeah. lion.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's fucking stupid. They're, they just don't have any personality, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think the the voice acting is fine, but there's I, I think this is a, an example of... Having too many star voice actors, you know what I mean, because it's just distracting. It like, kind of takes you out of it. Because there were, I don't, i don't know if I call them big names. Like, who was Simba? It was Matthew Broderick, right, in the original Lion King, like adult Simba.
2: I think so. I, I think was, he. I think it was Matthew was Broderick. Was Taylor Thomas, the young one, or no? I think Jonathan he was Taylor Thomas. Who was the he is part that? Of it? JTT, come on, dog. JTT, <laughs> <laughs> who's that? <laughs> what? Just like one of the hottest, like. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Hottest Disney kids ever.
1: Jonathan Taylor Thomas?
2: Yeah. Come Tinker
1: long, Taylor Soldier you, Thomas? You
2: didn't have a uh, crush on him? I
1: I don't know. I don't know who you're talking about. Dude, I mean, he
2: was in like all those like you know Disney I have ice. never
1: seen this kid before in my entire Shut life. Shut
2: up. This kid. I kind of the pulled up right here.
1: Yeah, who the fuck is that kid? What? Oh my god. Dude, his top his top credits are The Lion King, fucking Home, Home Improvement. Improvement, and who Tom watch, and Huck.
2: Who didn't watch Home Improvement? Me, that
1: show was garbage.
2: No, that killed. He's a Tool Man. Did you know he
1: he was in Tim <laughs> Allen's new show, Last Man Standing, too?
2: I did not know that. But. What a fucking joke!
1: What a joke!
2: Dude, he was a heartthrob.
1: he was in the fucking Wild Thornberries. Ally McBeal i have no idea who this guy is anyway yeah just tearing up we're off track here this guy <laughs> but he was in the original line. what King. a sex throb yes he was he was young simba so anyway i think the star power kind of hurts the movie
2: for me because i it's a lot of people have very distinct voices you know what i mean well and they just use their own voice they don't yeah. even try and make a character voice it's yeah. just like
1: i mean timon and pumbaa it sounds I mean, like fucking Seth, Seth Rogan Rogen and Billy Eichner just yeah. hanging
2: out, you know what I mean? And that is Donald Glover as Simba. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: So, I don't know. It, it just distracted. um took me out of it more than it should have because you're supposed to, I feel like their intention was to feel immersed in this world because it's it's pretty gorgeously animated. Yeah. I don't know how much artistry there is in it, I guess. I mean, it's technically very impressive, but... Once you have these voices, it's just like, you know, these big name people that you know.
2: Yeah, it's like a video game version of like a nature doc. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> it
1: was just, it's longer than the original. Um, There were... It didn't feel that long. No, enough. it didn't feel like, long. Didn't feel I wasn't long. like, uh, I mean, I I did want it to end in the sense that I wasn't enjoying it and I couldn't wait for it to be over, but it wasn't yeah. like a drag, if that makes sense, you know? It's not like midsummer where I looked at my watch and there was still an hour left, you know?
2: Yeah um ultimately me ultimately for me this was pretty middle of the road but i feel like there's a pretty big consensus when it comes to just like the overall impression and that it was a pointless like exercise but like it's fine in some regards like, it has it, it, made- it does some things well but like it's not really doing anything to like rewrite the wheel or like just like do anything exciting to like enhance the story it's like literally just like the same thing as the original, but just a different animation style. Yeah, and it's just less interesting. And it Loses like all of its charm, all of its like, just everything.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I thought the opening sequence was probably my favorite. Just like the, it was ba- almost a shot for shot from what I remember of the original. Yeah, of the like the circle of life sequence. So it was I really feel like cool. Most of the
2: movie is shot for shot. Or well, very close. except
1: the music numbers, because if you think back to um like I, I can't just i just can't wait to be king there's like the scene where it's like 50 animals like stacked oh, up on right. each other and swaying you know what i mean like, like doesn't stuff he have, that like, like that like feather
2: mane yeah yeah yeah
1: he's like sliding on tails and stuff like a lot That's of the way too much to animate. yeah <laughs> <laughs> it just wouldn't make sense right because you're trying to do like real right real looking animals so i feel like a lot of it was just lost in translation because aside from yeah. that, there really weren't that many significant changes to the story that I can remember. I haven't seen the original Lion King in a long time, but yeah. nothing really stood out to me as being different other than just the way the sequences were constructed There were are a few boring.
2: minor differences, but yeah, beyond that, it, most of the major beats are all the exact same.
1: Yeah. And I feel like, like you were saying, the the critical consensus is basically this. There's maybe some enjoyment to be had, but it's it's a pointless exercise, right? From a financial standpoint, though, this movie made, like, $185 million or something opening weekend. Like, fucking get real. Disney is just going to keep doing this because people want to see it. The people who go see two or three movies a year are most likely going to see the Disney movies. Yeah. Because a lot of these, like, people are age, we're having kids now and have had kids for a while. So they're basically remaking these movies and basically milking nostalgia because yep. they're counting on people like me and you who maybe have kids now, who are old enough to see the movie. And go, oh, I love this movie when I was a kid. Now I get to experience it with my kid. But it's just like a fucking shadow of what we got to experience. Right. You know what I mean?
2: Well, and it's, it's safe, too, like... You don't have to take a chance on a a random movie or a new movie. Like you know what you're gonna get to an extent going into The Lion King, and you know if you only watch a few movies a year, you're gonna enjoy what you saw. And ultimately, I, I didn't like hate the movie. I didn't love the movie. I don't even know if I really enjoyed my time watching it, but it was like fine. But I don't.
1: It was completely unoffensive. Yeah, like, like I just
2: I don't see myself ever watching this again though. Like, ever? Like, no. How would you ever? No way. Watch this one over the original. I don't understand. If you're gonna revisit this story,
1: and like, while I didn't actively dislike it, I do honestly feel like it it was a waste of my time. Like I watch yeah. a lot of bullshit. I do, but this was just it. it Give me nothing i felt nothing watching this movie like yeah. you think back to like mufasa's death in the original one like even watching that oh, now dude. that's a pretty impactful even, like,
2: four years ago i was like holy shit
1: totally it's fucking sad and then you watch it like you would think in theory here's this cute realistic looking cat essentially whose father has just died you would think that that maybe would have a chance to resonate more it just completely fell flat for me yeah maybe like the actual moment where he's like nudging his father maybe that could have worked but just the the whole like dangling over the cliff sequence it just felt weird that that was happening in this Mm -hmm. style you know what i mean it didn't fit the same way that it did in the hand-drawn version so that just fell flat there i feel like i don't it's like i said it's been a while since i've seen the original but i feel like there's more like fart humor like a little bit more juvenile humor in this Uh, one yeah like maybe they had to use that as a crutch because like you know you can't make them do stuff that's that cute or entertaining but like animals fart so you know they're realistic animals make them fart push a ball of poo around with a tuft of fucking simba's hair in it like (laughs) um i really don't have much to say beyond that
2: Yeah, I don't really have much else either. It was
1: (laughs) a technical marvel, I guess. Just looking at it, you're like, wow, that's impressive that they were able to do that.
2: Again, like we've seen movies that are like on that level as far as animation goes. So it's not like it like It's
1: not changing the game. Yeah, it didn't it wasn't
2: groundbreaking like Avatar or something like with three D or whatever. Like it didn't change the game, therefore it's just like yeah, it's surface level, like sure, it was well done, but like it's, it's a rehash of this the same exact thing right
1: <laughs> totally so uh I can't say I was disappointed because my expectations were already about as low as they could be so it was like yeah that's you know that's about what I expected coming into this fucking thing so yeah bummer I, I wish it, I wish it could have been better I do hope. It sounds like they're on the right track with uh, the Little Mermaid because they're actually making some pretty significant and, and cool changes to the casting. You know yeah. what I mean? Does that have a director tied to it yet? or? Uh, if it does, I am not aware of who jobber. it is. Yeah, some <laughs> fucking <Disney> jobber. jobber. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not aware. But I mean, we got that coming out. That first teaser for Mulan. I haven't watched it yet. but Me neither. Uh, that could be cool. Yeah. We'll see. I don't know.
2: But that just makes more sense. I feel like out of all the... Quote unquote live action remakes. This one makes the least amount of sense. Yes. Cause there's no humans. Yes.
1: <laughs> it's, yeah. So we'll see. I don't know. It's, uh, it's got me feeling more and more like Disney is going to be one of three companies in about 20 years. You know what I mean? Like people were shoveling this shit down their throats and Disney is going to take that paycheck to oh, the yeah. bank and make some other bullshit that's going to make a billion I mean, dollars. Until
2: it stops working. Through the oh, end of time. Why not?
1: Yeah, and so far they've only gone up, yeah. right? I mean, the last Avengers movie officially surpassed Avatar now as of this recording as the most profitable movie. I don't think that figure is adjusted for inflation. Well, and Avatar's
2: but, under the Disney umbrella. Right. <laughs>
1: so. Wait, I thought, I have, oh, it is now. Now, yeah. Right, because it, it was a Fox property. Yeah,
2: right okay
1: i am curious uh how those avatar sequels are gonna do because i mean I disney has invested a lot in them and we're like i mean at this point we're over 10 years removed from the first fucking I think avatar. they have
2: to be something amazing though that get people talking like the first one did because if not people will just be like i don't know i just avatar is just a weird thing because everyone saw it but, like, no one talks about it anymore, really. Right.
1: Well, I mean, that's one of those movies that was just a game changer. Like, if I were to watch Avatar now, I bet I would be pretty underwhelmed by it. But at the time, that movie was pretty fucking right. mind-blowing. But it's it was all eye candy. Like, no one talks about it because, like, what is there to talk about? Like, the story is basically a a version of pocahontas yeah like the characters themselves like the character models i couldn't tell you a name of any of the fucking characters in that movie you know what i mean right they're so unremarkable but man it looked good yep (laughs) so i don't see any reason why they can't do that again it just depends i guess yeah they're clearly invested they got there's what two three and four are gonna be coming out like back to back to back or something like that
2: yeah, but I mean, just the word of mouth was so huge on that movie because like, well, and I guess he has a lot of clout because like Terminator and all that, James Cameron. Titanic. Yeah, but like, oh yeah, like Valerian. That that would be like something that I would kind of compare to Avatar as far as like visually stunning, like sci-fi, epic type thing, but like no one went and saw that. Right. Because right. no one was talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, they kind of hyped the shit out of, avatar too with like the 3d technology and like they had like early screenings where you could see like 20 minutes of the movie like they marketed that movie they don't very well yeah they don't do that for movies like valerian right <laughs>
1: uh okay you want to drop some star ratings on lion king 2019
2: uh yeah i think this is i don't know i i feel weird giving it a pass but i think ultimately i'm just going to give it a three yeah <laughs> yeah I'm gonna give it a two.
1: I can't go lower than that as much as I wanted to. yeah because you know it's it's a perfectly fine movie, you know what I mean right. I guess, but it was just so unnecessary and I felt nothing watching it.
2: Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah there w- there was nothing there were no like eye- popping sequences because it was all you, all you already knew everything that was gonna happen. like there were no surprises. it was just dull
2: yeah i really don't understand why they didn't just like do something different like you could keep the story the same but like maybe change up some scenes i don't a-
1: set it on another planet maybe they're all aliens <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh okay that's gonna do it for the lion king let's go ahead and move on to review two we're going to be talking about crawl we have another clip let's listen all right crawl is the new film from director alexander aja who was responsible for the hills have eyes remake uh high tension and piranha 3d right is that the last movie he did piranha 3 name he's
2: done some other stuff didn't you do like that mirrors movie with, didn't we talk about this last episode it's very possible that we did with uh keeper sutherland
1: because I, I always get this guy mixed up with fade alvarez the evil dead don't breathe guy oh yeah even though one is like south american director and this guy's fucking french because but... you're racist oh he <laughs> 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 he directed horns uh, and the ninth life of louis drax yeah he did mirrors but that was that was right around uh like the hills have eyes time
2: what's his best film
1: best film yeah. the hills have eyes i would say piranha yeah. 3d is pretty
2: fun piranha 3d
1: yeah i mean that movie is a ton of fun um
2: the hills have eyes is pretty awesome
1: i want I, i'm kind of dying to rewatch that one uh, plot synopsis: A young woman, while attempting to save her father during a Category Five hurricane, finds herself trapped in a flooded, or excuse me, trapped in a flooding house and must fight for her life against alligators. Uh, film stars Kaya Scodelario, Barry Pepper. Uh, those are the only two characters that really matter, as most of the movie is just the two of them.
2: Oh yeah, everyone else is at the alligator's disposal yes (laughs) so
1: i was pretty excited for this movie it's um it looks dumb as hell uh but i'm into that kind of thing
2: right you know what you're gonna get
1: yes so it looks like it was gonna be a fun time um i I like alexander aja's other stuff so i was optimistic plus it's got that sam Raimi stamp of approval with that producer cred on there oh, yeah i think it's funny that in all the marketing they were like from sam raimi like he was like front and center on the marketing um so i enjoyed it i did like this movie however it could have been a lot better i thought it was going to be a little sillier than it was it is a silly movie yeah it's self-aware enough that it wasn't annoying when, like, really stupid shit would happen that didn't make sense. But it also just wasn't goofy be, enough. Like, yes. But it also takes us all pretty seriously sometimes. Right. Like, there are some <laughs> moments where you're, like, meant to feel bad for the characters, and there's crying happening, they're trying to do some character development, and it's like, don't bother. Just get that out of here with this kind yeah. of movie. You know what I mean? And the kills also... Some of them were cool, but by and large it was like, oh, she got bit by an alligator. It spun around a couple times and she swam away. You know what I mean? Like I thought it was gonna be a bit more graphic. Like gory, yeah. Yeah, like more emphasis on like gory kills. Like Final Destination
2: stuff. Something like that,
1: you know what I mean? Just really (laughs) over the top, like graphic. Yeah. There was a little bit of that, but so it just struck a weird balance where i was like okay i am having a good time this is fun but it's also maybe taking itself a little bit too seriously um it it got a little samey because pretty much the whole movie is confined to this house right because her dad got trapped under there because an alligator spooked him and bit him (laughs) but one thing that's kind of unbelievable is like the main character gets bit by a gator like three or four times and she's still like walking on her legs, she's still perfectly fine to swim. Yeah. The dad was in like pretty rough shape when she finds oh, and him it, and he, he... gets e- his
2: condition gets even, even worse. worse. <laughs> um so I
1: don't want to get too specific. There are cause... some
2: conveniences that are annoying. Like those are annoying. They're just logical problems where like anyone watching it's going to think about it or just like I don't I don't know necessarily like The logic on this particular scene, but like the one in the trailer with the like shower door, like how she's able to trap the alligator in there, but then like they can just bust through other glass like it's nothing.
1: Well, I think
2: I don't know. I feel like it could break through that shower door.
1: Probably just the force of that gator's tail could break it, right? Yeah, because I think they're like maybe because of the momentum. It can't get any speed to break through it, but shower glass Maybe. is not fucking titanium. Like, right. that's a big, powerful animal. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's a cool scene, though. It was neat that the way that that was staged yeah. and the way the camera's positioned. Um, I thought it looked decent. You know, I like the yeah. way it was filmed. The
2: effects looked good, and yeah, there's some cool shots. Mm-hmm. Like, the stuff at the start was pretty cool. Yeah, I
1: love the the title sequence where it's like the swimming yeah. lanes. <laughs> um, one thing that I thought was cool about this um, this is specific to me, but I, I saw it with uh with Haley. She is from Florida and the main character's name in this movie is Haley, spelled the same way <laughs> as my Haley. So she really got a kick out of that. She appreciated it. I think
2: she would have survived? No. <laughs> <laughs> um
1: so but yeah, there's lots of little things that you can pick apart with this movie, right? Like for example, she is able to see in the water everywhere she swims but that water would be so fucking muddy and murky. There was no
2: way you'd be able to see anything because it's flood water. Underwater, some of that, the underwater shots were also pretty awesome.
1: Yeah. So it, it benefited the movie in that you can do some cool stuff underwater and you need to be able to see everything, yeah. but logistically it just doesn't make sense. So it was self-aware enough that you could kind of forgive some of that stuff. Right. But like, another example is toward the end of the movie and uh the dad tells Haley that she can out she can swim faster than the gators just go for it no fuck when no. that happened i was like i I made a sound i didn't go like ha like oh, but God. i made some sort of sound right it was like a <laughs> are you fucking kidding me Well, no the whole movie way. is
2: alluding to that like the whole time her dad's like you can do it and it's like no, she can't. Like, yeah. It's like also I mean, just sure. like a... Like in the a, movie world, she can't. Right. No, she can't. And it's
1: just also... That's just like a hand-fisted message. Like, you can do anything. Right. Just You got to have heart the integrity. or the fucking apex predator Yeah, shit. that thing. It's like, ugh, barf. <laughs> but see, that's another example of like... It's very on the nose and kind of self-aware. But yeah. But in
2: execution, didn't always work, right? Right. Well, even like the setup. Like, her dad being under the house and all that. Like
1: yeah that too but also this is a category five fucking five hurricane no big deal and she's like oh it's only a two-hour drive i'll make it like it was shit was already going down when she, down when she was hours? there i was
2: like i thought you meant Are like you 20 mental?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well when she gets there it's all shit's already popping <laughs> off and it's like so you're gonna do this oh. and get back to where you were before like Something, stuff like that. A two <laughs> it was kind of fun though, because we can laugh at that stuff, right? right so yeah. that that's fine. Um, but just ultimately, kind of predictable. Um, there weren't too many jump scares. There's not a whole lot of tension. So it was pretty
2: tense, though. I think it's, there were a
1: couple s- spots that were
2: like, okay. So one thing, no, there's multiple moments where I felt tense or anxious. So first of all, I hate driving when it's like stormy out. Yeah. And so when she's driving through the storm, I'm just like, fuck no, would not do this. (laughs) And then she goes in the crawl space, which is a confined space. It's dark. There's water. There's fucking alligators. Not doing this. (laughs) It's in the, you know, like there's just so many like, I don't know, like confined spaces and just like so much, so many elements.
1: Sure. And I, I can see that. But for me, some of the tension was lost for one, I would never ever in a million years find myself in that position, right? So it's like, right. but even going beyond that, the way all the sequences kind of shook out, the problem with an animal like an alligator is you kind of know what you're going to get, right? It, it, like, it, the alligators kind of sneak up on her in this, but it's like, they're big fucking things. I can't imagine they're that quiet above you know on land right right so it's like just keep a track of where it is at all times like it's gonna charge you and it's gonna bite like they're not the most versatile animal so all the sequences the way they were staged i was like there's only a couple ways this can shake out so i think just because there was a certain level of predictability some of the tension for me was lost just because everything kind of happened the way I thought it would. There are some exceptions to that, like some kind of neat jump scares and just like kind of crazy shit that happens toward the end. Yeah. Um, but by and large, I didn't feel that tense because I just kind of thought was, I knew what was going to
2: happen. Yeah, I was more tense in like the setting more so than like the alligators <laughs> yeah, attacking, sure. if that makes sense. Um, oh, also there was another moment of tension that I'm trying to think of. We might come back to. It.
1: <laughs> um, there were some cool kill sequences, but really, kind of only two. There's one guy who like gets his head squished, if I'm remembering correctly, that I thought was kind of cool. And then there's the guy, the cop, who basically like five alligators swarm him, and they just like pull
2: his body oh, apart. Right. I thought was How funny. How about the, the looters?
1: I think one of the looters is the one who that got like his head bit, if yeah. I'm remembering correctly.
2: But- I did like the one. This is maybe a spoiler for one of the kills, but in the convenience store, I'll just say that. The way it was like shot or framed, I guess. Yeah, sure. (laughs) That was cool.
1: (laughs) That was a fun moment. But a lot of the other kills, it's just like, muddy kind of muddy water turning red you know what i mean like you don't get to see much so it's like and that goes back to jaws and probably earlier than jaws just like the the bloody water the blood spreading out from the source you know what i mean yeah some cool visual
2: effects there but i remember i was gonna say so the movie i thought did a pretty good job of like building up to a jump scare to where like they it, it was like faking jump scares and then finally when the first jump scare happened it actually got me
1: yeah <laughs> that early one in the
2: in the basement is that yeah what you're like talking by about? the stairs mm-hmm. when it jumps through i actually i usually don't fall for jump scares but that one i actually jumped pretty good that one
1: was pretty good but like it wasn't the trailer though oh it
2: was yeah oh okay well, you're talking about the guy that gets like so pulled so pulled in no it's right? when she's like trying to make a run to the stairs and like it's like the first time she sees the alligator it like I, maybe it's one of the first times she interacts with the alligators, and oh, it like jumps it's through the, second the staircase one, right? or something. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Um, no, I know what you're talking about. But like, there was a moment I remember when she was like driving in the storm that I felt like some of was like going to hit her windshield or like jump out in front of her or something. But like, it didn't. And yeah. There was a couple other moments I feel like that were like that that didn't quite pay off, and then finally did.
1: So. What do you think of the uh, performances in the movie?
2: I didn't think the lead was that great.
1: I thought she was okay. I mean, it was serviceable given the
2: material, like I mean, no one's winning an Oscar. Either. No, no, no. I thought Barry Pepper was not great. No.
1: I've I feel like I've seen him in a lot, but he's always pretty forgettable. Yeah. Like I the one I, performance I always think of is true Saving grit? Private Ryan. Oh.
2: He's a true grit. He's in I'm pretty sure he's one of the like henchmen or whatever with Josh Brolin in the remake.
1: Josh Brolin is in True Grit too. Yeah, he's I need like, to watch that movie oh, yeah. again, dude. <laughs> we <Weird>. all- <laughs> Okay. Um, yeah, I did not think he was very good. No the
2: the whole like family like element and drama couldn't occur. it didn't
1: work. Yeah, well, it was not invested that. in those characters
2: and. Um, I mean I get there needs to be some sort of like story or like something to overcome but like it just seems so like hamfisted. <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, and yeah, I mean we could pick apart logistical I am stuff. Curious all day, to but... see like how the movie would have played out if it had like went all in on like the self-awareness like Piranha 3D. Cuz right. Piranha 3D is like like all the goofy moments in this that's the entire movie of prana 3d
1: i think the movie would have been better off yeah because i think he was trying to make it scary like there were some reactions in my theater i do think people thought it was kind of tense yeah um, and he's good at that i mean the hills have eyes is a really fucking tense movie like his version of it oh yeah i haven't seen it since the theaters but like that movie kind of fucked me up. Like, it's there's some than brutal the stuff too. Yeah, the original <laughs> is okay. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's a good movie. No. Um, but yeah, I from when I remember, that was one of the early like torture porn movies that I can recall. You know, it was one of those movies yeah. I watched. I was just like, fuck, like that's gross. I mean, technically, High Tension came first, but a lot of American like the American market didn't really see that movie until a yeah. little bit later
2: um that was probably like right around the time of like the texas chainsaw remakes and like saw and we were getting a that. lot of it yeah in the mid 2000s that's probably one of the better ones i would say
1: i would say it's probably the best one i can't think of a better one a lot of people like that friday the 13th remake i didn't see it oh
2: it, i saw it in the theater and i remember it being decent i remember Just like a decent slasher but yeah like, The teenagers suck, but they kinda suck in all those movies. So
1: (laughs) Yeah. And uh Rob Zombies Halloween, trash. I heard Nightmare on Elm Street remake was trash.
2: Oh god. Yeah. Yeah. I was so excited for that because that was like a couple years after Little Children and Jack Hero Haley was playing. You had seen Little Children by the time that movie came out? I was like, Oh, this is gonna be perfect. Like he's gonna be amazing and the whole movie was just awful <laughs> yeah
1: um so anyway we kind of got a little off track there yeah. but don't have much else to say about crawl it was um uh, i had a good time with it you know it's I, a
2: solid creature feature
1: yes <laughs> I, I like we were saying just a minute ago i do wish it would have fully gone in on the like over the top crazy kills like just let the alligators run loose like yeah. i want crawl to to be like what Jurassic World is to so Jurassic Park. Just let the gators fucking loose in like a metropolitan area. <laughs> like flood LA or something like that. You know what I mean? It doesn't even have to make sense. And just let the gators just like roam the streets and fuck people up. Do something real stupid with it, you know? Yeah. Um, okay. What's your star rating for this one? Going three and a half. I'm going a three on this one. So, pretty, pretty middle of the road. I, I would probably it, see a sequel.
2: I had to give it more points than Lion King. So.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um Okay. Well, that's going to do it for crawl a couple of short and sweet reviews. These two movies, I mean, what what can you really say about them, you know? Like there's not much to dig into. Yeah, I feel
2: like we could have predicted our outcome.
1: If we had a guest on here, would have added maybe 5 minutes to the conversation. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like pretty both you
2: know fine movies i guess but yeah
1: not much to dig into you
2: think uh tom would care for either no i don't think
1: tom i think tom probably would have been like same lion king King. yeah (laughs) crawl i think he it doesn't seem like a tom movie no no
2: he doesn't have time for that (laughs) (laughs) He probably would have
1: vetoed that one anyway um okay well let's move into what we've been watching um you want to start with the banger We've both been obsessed with it the past couple days. We should, yeah. Yeah. So we have talked about it previously on this podcast, but the Netflix docu-series Last Chance You just came back for a fourth season, and uh, we have both finished it. I watched a couple episodes today. Oh, yeah. When did you finish it? Today? Or?
2: Yeah, I watched the last episode today.
1: Yeah. Uh, wow. Lots to talk about. Um, oh, yeah. I think I want to do like a sportly. you know. I want to just get into spoilers, right? Yeah. But before I do, um, let me just describe the show. If you maybe aren't familiar or you haven't listened to our previous episodes. Best show ever. It covers... (laughs) Honestly, Like I fucking love this thing. (laughs) So it covers uh, Juco football program. So that's junior college. So kind of the premise of the show and the reason why it's called Last Chance U is because a lot of these junior college teams... Uh, are filled with players who got kicked out of division one schools or uh you know maybe they lost their scholarships because they had an altercation with law or whatever it is right yeah so it's very
2: talented but no discipline for whatever reason
1: (laughs) yes uh they go to junior college, basically get some, some footage in the hopes that they can go back to a division one school and then get into the NFL. Right. That's the dream of these kids. Yes. (laughs) Um, so the first two seasons followed, uh, East Mississippi community college. Yep. Um, season three and then now season four followed Independence. independence community college in independence, Kansas. Um, So, it's filmed beautifully. Like, the reason why this show is so good is because you get the football, which is awesome. You get everything. Some nail biters. (laughs) But there's also an exploration of... The town, how the people in the town feel about the, the football program. You get to follow some of the players. They go to their hometown and they interview the parents and they get to show you places from their childhood. And like you really get to, to feel for these kids and the faculty and everything, right? Big cast of characters. And both season one and two and season three or four are kind of anchored around head coaches who... Uh, are controversial to say the least so having said that uh if you have not yet finished last chance you i'll put a a thing in the show notes so you can skip ahead um if you just don't care go ahead and listen um let's get into it Talked about a little bit before we started recording but yeah uh this season was unique because the first three seasons of the show to varying degrees but they were all very successful seasons for these programs like i think emc yes emcc i think won the championship in year in season one or season two
2: i thought they came very close in season one but then won it in season two I th- yes i night. think that is it and then i think they also won or maybe they
1: didn't win i think maybe they didn't win either of the seasons you might be right now that i think about it i, I think, think they came they close did
2: win like year three or four
1: so they have won the past two years so emcc won the year the season three was recorded and they also won this past season yeah um but anyway and then last year is that coach three, still there buddy yeah buddy his name? Yeah. yeah buddy stevens or something like that uh yeah he's still there
2: that program man what the <laughs> fuck man i think
1: they've they've five national championships in the past like Eight years, nine years, something Jesus. like that. They're like Alabama. They're a machine. <laughs> um, and then season three, uh, first season with uh, Independence Community College, uh, they came close. They won a bowl game, uh, but they did not go to the national championship. So season four, basically fuck from train. Jump Street,
2: right? Well. Whoa. They were hyping it up like it was going to be the season.
1: Number five ranked team, I believe, in the
2: country. But talk around the town and league was national champions. Like This is the most talent they've ever seen on a team. Mm -hmm. Just so much hype. And you quickly come to find out that the hype is not quite there
1: (laughs) well they win their first game i think it's pretty close from what i remember yeah but they win their first game and then what's so interesting and kind of what makes the show great is you're so used to these like nail-biting finales right you're like are they gonna lose are they gonna like are they gonna be able to get the national championship right Mm -hmm. because i think last season they lost their very first game but then they either won out or maybe they lost one other game along the way right so each episode it's like are they gonna do it because if you get too many losses, it's over. So the way the season is structured is they win, and then they lose. And it's like, it's okay, we're fine, one loss, we're going to be good. Then they lose another. And then you're like, oh, shit, well, that probably means they can't go to the national well, championship. They basically but...
2: have to win out to even have a chance. Right. And then they lose another game,
1: and then they lose another game. And it's like the whole thing is just a fucking train wreck. It's a shit show. The whole <laughs> – that's what makes this season – probably the most unique of the four is that the the team just implodes on it yeah
2: and it was kind of disappointing just because i mean everyone likes to watch a winner and like it's fun watching like the exciting like you know nail-biting games or whatever but like this season was still like super dramatic and like super tense and like it's one of those shows that you can easily binge even if it's like just watching people like struggle and just like you know not get along and not win not do what
1: they're supposed to be yeah. doing all that and you don't have to like football to like the show i don't think most of the show is not actual football Like, there's a lot of practice right. footage i guess but
2: um i mean it's kind of like an added bonus but i feel like yeah you don't necessarily have to enjoy football to enjoy this because you just get caught up in the like characters and the relationships and like the future of the kids and just like watching all that play out yeah totally
1: did you love that they brought back uh the nerdy like band kid oh yeah. who, like performed at the the nia nia walla yeah <laughs> fucking halloween spell backwards what a joke um but yeah he they follow him and he gets his hair dyed yeah but that's also that just goes to show how good the show is because the reason they're doing that is because they're focusing on like the band department has just been like decimated by budget cuts you know mm-hmm. like The show could very easily just be all about the football, but it's cool because it's just as much about the town as it is about the kids. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. You see the toll it takes on these other, these students who go to this school. Like they're not on the football team and there's varying reactions across the town to whether it's a good thing, whether it's a bad thing. Right. You have this well, one guy in particular who bitches about like oh the God, cost, how many times he brought up the cost of the fucking turf field. He's like, he's like, they could have spent that on, on other things in the school. Uh, so many things, you know, like <laughs> it's got nothing. <clears throat> um, which is super entertaining, super dramatic. You, you do feel for the kids. Kids yeah. get hurt. There's some drama, uh, especially toward the end. like.
2: Well, and he made a big mistake this season, but you th- you think that's what caused the whole? I mean, he definitely threw a wrench in the... Which mistake
1: the are league. we talking about? Are we talking Malik? Yes. Bringing Malik back? <laughs> that was the turning point, I believe, because was, was he there for game Gu- one?
2: The turning point was that and Bobby Bruce, like getting kicked off the team.
1: Bobby didn't really play anyway.
2: No, but he was still like... People liked him, and, like, Katie was really close with him, and, like...
1: Well, that's what's so interesting, because I feel like it's really hard to pinpoint exactly what, what went was. wrong, right? Yeah. Because they did struggle at quarterback
2: the whole time, but... Well, with injuries and just, like, consistency, and... But, like, we never really... We don't really know the whole story behind, like, why Jay Jones didn't live up to his potential. Like... He had all the hype. He was the number one quarterback. But then, like, he's dealing with an injury. Then Malik, like, comes to the school, and that creates, like, something in his head, I feel like, that, like, throws his game off. And then, like, they're losing, so the coach is just swapping quarterbacks left and right. And so that's, like, fucking with him and the rest of the quarterbacks. And so, like, that just didn't help. And then it just didn't seem like the defense was really gelling either. And
1: well, like it's interesting cuz we can we can do that all day, right? But you can also look at it from the other side. He was coming to that school from a division 1 school, right? So yeah. who knows, maybe if Malik wasn't there, maybe it was just the own expectations he was putting on himself. I right. mean, who knows how it would have shaken out if Malik wasn't there, you know? Cuz yeah, I mean, you know, there was some added pressure with him being there, but at the same time, like it could have been doing from the start. Like we right. have no and way. You can of have the
2: talent, but like when it comes to performing, like some people just can't do it. Like it's under a certain amount of pressure or whatever. Like they're just not built for like you know NFL or like the bigger type. Yeah. Settings. Yeah.
1: Um, and then we should also
2: talk about talk about JB some. Oh man. So <laughs> I think where was Tom on this? Because you you liked JB last season, right? For the most part it's I don't know like he's very like inappropriate and overbearing but at the same time you feel like the kids need that to an extent so like very conflicted towards him and his style and just the way he like presents himself because you want to buy into him but then at other times you're just like this guy's full of shit. And, like, even the the players feel like that at times. Like, towards the end of the season, they're just like, Coach Brown doesn't even know what he's talking about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I feel like some of the other coaches, too.
1: Like, they the, even the coaches start to feel like, this guy. Because mm-hmm. it's – I mean, other – some of the people they interview in the town call it what it is. It's emotional abuse. Like, he really treats these kids – Poorly. Oh yeah. But like you can be a stern like Buddy was a stern coach, and he would curse. He
2: he crossed the line sometimes. He did,
1: and he would get really mad. But not, but as not the same as, way
2: as as no, JB. He like. is like like 100 percent offensive like yes. straight up offensive yes. To people. yes when he gets heated oh, like man. there's no
1: stopping stop no dude that brawl that almost that oh broke God. out on the field after the garden city game where uh i mean the other coach was those, being those a coaches dick.
2: were actually like children oh yeah
1: the other guy was trying to act like he was the bigger man but he as soon as he had
2: the opportunity to talk shit he did and then jb was like but I loved how he kept walking away as he was talking shit yes. and then JB had to call him on talking shit but walking the other way. <laughs> Which is so true. Like that guy like oh, he
1: know. won, he'll talk the shit but he's not going to like JB would fucking murder that oh, yeah. guy. <laughs> <laughs> they try and throw him into the water. Dude, like eight <laughs> huge football players could like he's got a cigar in his hand he the whole time like, too. I will burn
2: you. <laughs> You ain't get me in that water. I
1: thought they were gonna do it. <laughs> so did I. Just like I don't know how they didn't. Like, uh, well, he's I lucky guess he's that just tree a, was there. That too. <laughs> so yeah. But even prior to that, like, you know, you you can say as what you want about him, but like, he doesn't just talk the talk. Like, he's a badass motherfucker. Like, yeah. I would not want to mess with that guy. No. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Definitely not.
1: Um, but then yeah. So the very last episode of the season, we find out. Kind of after the season is over, uh, he got asked to resign as the coach. Just I think it was only his third year in the program. Like he completed three seasons with uh, yeah, uh, the independence. I think uh, he told a German football player he was like a red shirt, meaning like he didn't make the team, but he could you know be. I don't fully understand what a red shirt is. It seems like he was there like in practices helping people train, but. Just there to, you know. I think they're like on the the team, but not not quite. They don't get to get reps and practice (laughs) and stuff. Uh, So a German student, it's kind of unclear. He made it sound like he never did anything wrong, but well,
2: JB says that he has a point system, and if you score too many points, like points are bad. They're demerits. They're not really
1: points. They're demerits. Essentially, yeah, he calls them points. Yes.
2: But, yes, yeah, so it gets to a point where he has too many of them, and then, like, the coach just goes off via text, which is always a bad idea in this climate. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
1: so he tells this kid, who is German, uh, what is it? I'm your new Hitler? Is that yeah. what he says? It's like, dude, that's just ill-advised in so, so
2: many ways. Especially these days, like maybe 20 years ago you could have got away with saying something like that. 20 years ago
1: he would have been fine yeah
2: but today no
1: no the smallest thing can get you fired yeah and i i don't know i'm kind of i'm kind of conflicted on it because i do feel like that's a line that should not have been crossed that's very fucked up but the school knew what they were getting into when they hired the guy they should have given him an opportunity to uh, apologize i don't know if he would have apologized given that, you know, like yeah, I he's don't know. His the kind of guy <laughs> who knows if he would have apologized. He definitely was not apologizing after the fact because he got asked to resign. But yeah,
2: at that point, he probably was just like, fuck it. I, there's nothing I can do.
1: I think he just didn't mesh with the culture at that school. And I think they were just looking for any reason to get him fired. Yeah. So they just asked him to resign and that's the end of it. He's a hustler. He'll make his money other ways. But yeah,
2: well maybe not (laughs) yeah uh
1: we were talking a little bit before the show but i googled him after i finished the last episode and he's apparently been charged with like eight felonies for impersonating a lawyer they sent a cease and desist letters to a newspaper or something so currently being investigated we'll see what happens but he could end up doing some time oh and his book he put out a book like a couple weeks ago i think i think it just came out earlier this month uh hate me now love me later
2: <laughs> classic <laughs>
1: um how would you rank this compared to the other seasons um it's probably my least favorite I yeah
2: think. i really liked it but but this this is like i mean it's an amazing show every season is amazing yes but this is probably yes. my least favorite it's kind of like the toy story 4 situation <laughs>
1: well even season three i thought was my least favorite i said that before like there were things that i thought were better than ever and then other things that I just really don't like JB. I think that's what it all boils down to. So, yeah,
2: I think I do prefer the EMCC seasons. Yes,
1: yes. Just the the the, the players, uh, Brittany, the academic, yep. like the uh, advisor, athletic advisor, whatever her role was. She was great.
2: They do have some good personalities though in this one. I feel like the personalities were lacking a bit maybe in season three, but I just liked the whole like season outcome and just like just the the change I guess from seasons one and two. Yeah, yeah. But this one felt like it actually had, like, some more, like, personality to it. Like, the you know, the players that they focus on more just because they're more entertaining to watch. Yeah, totally. Like, KD from this season reminded me of, like, the Ollie from, like, seasons one and two. Uh, they definitely spend the most time on those two guys in both schools.
1: Yeah, for sure. I feel like there weren't that many players who got the spotlight this season. Like the only ones I could think of by name would be Katie, Malik,
2: but he was from the last yeah. season. Well, and then like Marquis King, Marquise, uh, Chance, the local kid.
1: Yeah, him. Yeah, he was
2: fine. It was not yeah. interesting, but
1: just kind of a hillbilly boy.
2: Yeah, I just think it was like trying to give a perspective from like a local kid instead of just like all the other like superstar kids, yeah. that were on the team. Yeah, for sure.
1: Um. What do you think the future holds? Because previously, season one and two, one college; three and four, different college. Do they go back in season I'm assuming five? Assuming
2: new school again. I think I so too. It up.
1: And then maybe they'll just do like the bonus episode thing, where they like check back up on. Yeah. Uh, well, I hope last Netflix season.
2: never stops making the show. I could use another fifty seasons. It's <laughs> so.
1: very successful, from what I understand.
2: Yeah, I'm sure it's one of their more popular shows, mm-hmm. and like, like the players and coaches get famous on Twitter and shit from the show, like.
1: Well, I don't know. It's interesting. The show makes it out, makes itself out to be like kind of a phenomenon. Yeah, but I've never met someone. I, 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 there's one other person. No, never mind. I told that person to watch the show. I don't think I've ever talked to someone who's watched the show. Oh, really? I got you and Tom into this show. Yeah, I don't think I've ever heard anyone talking about the show, even on
2: Twitter. Like I see, I'm never on Twitter, so I wouldn't know what the culture is on Twitter. I but. don't look for it, but the
1: people I follow don't talk about the show.
2: The only there's an, one exception I can think
1: of. It's there's a, another film podcast that we like. Uh, there's one or two people on that show, that that podcast who like this show. Yeah. Other
2: than that. There's not a whole lot of people out I'm there, pretty so sure I wonder my sister and her husband watched the show but beyond that I don't know how many people yeah I
1: can't recommend it enough I've but it's fantastic. one
2: of those shows I feel like you may have to like recommend it to someone for them to check it out but then once they watch it it's like I have a feeling they wouldn't go back so <laughs>
1: I bet there are a lot of people a lot of people in like middle America who have Netflix. Cause if all they have to do is put it in like recently added or like Netflix original featured emblem and it's like, Oh, fu- fucking foosball. Let's see what's going on here. And then they'll get hooked. Right. Um, but yeah, can't recommend it enough. Love it. They Season five show. can't come soon enough.
2: Yeah. I wish there was more like frequent seasons. Like I mean, once a
1: year I'm working Ask for it. They, they need to be doing two. <laughs> <simultaneously>. <laughs> um, okay what else have you been watching have you started queer eye yet
2: we watched the first two episodes
1: those are two of the best episodes i'm not completely done
2: yet but so it was the one with the music teacher i teared from up jonathan's multiple times high school or whatever yeah and his then high school. the the guy who's paralyzed the
1: w- guy in the wheelchair yeah yeah that episode also made me cry
2: yeah both were really good um i mean i don't know what else to really say it's more of the same yeah i mean just like the same show but it's super entertaining and they're
1: all great guys it's very inspiring and emotional and yeah i will say there there is another episode i wouldn't call it a standout episode per se but it really resonated with me because one of the characters not one of the characters one of the people that they do like the the makeover for um she identifies as chicana so she's mexican-american but she's like really invested in her uh the, the mexican side of her of her heritage but she doesn't speak spanish and uh she lives in like a very white like affluent suburban neighborhood right so i was really able to resonate with it because she doesn't speak spanish but one side of her family is you know lots of spanish speakers she's very involved in the culture she talks about how she is worried about her safety and her kids safety just because of the era we live in and just seeing that kind of stuff like it really was personal to me you know what i mean the difference is that she does look uh latina I I think have as much like Mexican blood in me as her, but this is a podcast, so you can't see what I look like. But Travis, do if I look? I just uh, saw you on the street. Do I look Mexican? White dude. Yes, one hundred percent. Absolutely. <laughs> like
2: your last name kind of gives it away. Yeah, but beyond that, like. <laughs> you
1: would. Yeah, I don't experience the same sort of discrimination that she would. Yeah, it's funny. This is kind of off. Well, it's not funny, but this is off topic. But when I visited my parents, I was give I was giving my dad shit because he. Um, he's not a citizen he's a uh he has a green card so living here legally has all the papers all that stuff but i was i asked him if he carries it with him just because the era we live in now like they live by the border so he could be detained just for the color of his skin you know what i mean like people try and say it's not a race thing but it's a fucking race thing so i was like do you (laughs) carry your card around with you and he was like no i was like are you you serious you don't he's like no I think he, my mom seems to think he's trolling me. She thinks he does carry it, but she doesn't even know. No, <laughs> he I don't he he's kind of sensitive about about that stuff. Mm. Um, but my dad, I mean, you know, he might wear like a fucking baseball cap and a Seahawks shirt and look like a American dad, but his skin is darker than mine. He looks like another ethnicity. I don't, you know what I mean? So yeah. like I worry about that stuff. Like it's it's scary because if he doesn't have his card with him, you probably haven't heard about this, but there is someone in Texas who is an American citizen. They were born in Dallas, I think. Dallas, Texas. They've been detained for three weeks, What? even though they're a U.S. citizen.
2: And they have to prove their citizenship? And they have, or? and
1: they still haven't released him. What? <laughs> yeah.
2: Oh, my God. It's fucked
1: up, dude. <laughs> so, anyway, we'll move on from that cheery subject, but we were uh, talking about Queer Eye. Queer Eye, that episode, <laughs> that episode of Queer Eye really resonated with me. So, I think I I got one episode left, I think. It goes by quick. It's a super bingeable show.
2: Yeah. It's almost like one of those you could even put on in the background, but I look at my phone I a w- lot. I wouldn't do that to the show. I, I look at my phone <laughs> a
1: lot cuz it's there's a formula, right? Yeah. So each of the you're episodes kind of has you're not going to miss anything if you the, look away for a few minutes. Anytime Bobby's doing anything right, or oh, else let's, let's play around a Doctor Mario else. world on my phone. <laughs> Bobby Bobby sucks, dude. He's got some good moments. He doesn't suck.
2: He doesn't suck. He's, He's s- had a couple episodes where he really, like, earned some points with me.
1: If he has, like, um, if his story... Resonates yes. with the person's
2: story. Yes, he's interesting. He's had some Karamo moments. Yes, but Karamo <laughs> was always in there, just like relating with everybody, just like
1: super inspirational. I mean, that's his role in the show, right? Yeah. And then Jonathan is like anytime Jonathan's oh, doing man. something, I, you gotta watch. You gotta watch, and Anthony too, just because he's it's a heartthrob. Anytime there he smiles. There was an
2: awesome moment in this last. Same with the Corgi moment. No, but it, have it you gotten that far yet? I don't think so. <sighs> uh, tan so at towards the end of episode two uh karamo makes a comment to tan and says something like have you done a french tuck this season and tan stands up and he's like yeah bitch that was awesome yeah
1: they're just so fun to hang out with all of them yes really good time it's a great show
2: have you been watching stranger things
1: nope no. I haven't i still haven't seen season two i just don't I'm care i falling off a bit like, so you did start it though, right? Season 3.
2: Well, I'm pr- I'm probably going to finish it, but I'm just not the magic's not there. Yeah. It was there season 1. They were losing it season 2. It's gone. <laughs> they got to get me back. I don't know. It, I just feel like it's like it doesn't really have anything else to do, so it's just like, oh, let's start something new, but like it's still like very similar to what we've been dealing with and like, it just, it feels like they're borrowing a lot from, like, a lot of recent horror movies. Like, there's a lot of, like, similar, like, imagery and just, like, themes and stuff going on, and it just, like, kind of rubs me the wrong way.
1: It just feels like another, like, nostalgia, like, that, that's well, but it's kind of like the whole show.
2: stuff. So it's, like, this show's trying to be nostalgic <clears throat> by, like, you know, rehashing on the stuff from the 80s and making it that aesthetic but then like they're borrowing stuff from like new horror movies so it's like you have an example um i mean a very like small one would be like there's this like place slash imagery that's very similar to under the skin which isn't even really that fair because i feel like that's in other movies too where it's just like a completely black empty space and people are walking and it's like you know, watery or ripple, like, like, like rippling yeah. water or whatever. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> there's that's the one one I can think of off the top of my head, but there's at least one or two others where I'm just like, if you can't immediately similar.
1: identify it, you can feel like there's a this red is door. Uh, come on, <laughs> night, like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> they're trying they're just ripping shit off from like kind of obscure <laughs> horrors, like under the skin it comes at night no one's gonna notice <laughs> <laughs> if they do there will be a minor uproar on film twitter and that's it
2: um yeah like i just Black it makes a cameo <laughs> <laughs>
1: i just i my sister's fucking obsessed with it like i i kind of feel like this show is really popular with people who are a little bit younger than us, which is yeah. weird because, if anything, we would be more attuned to like the 80s nostalgia. Not that kids a little bit younger than us didn't grow up with Ghostbusters and right. whatever, but I kind of feel like they didn't, but
2: I don't know. I also feel like the acting's not very great, and I don't know if I really noticed it in season one or two. They were like, pretty young, but season three, like more I don't noticeable, feel like, like most of the kids I feel like can't really act, yeah. <laughs>
1: um yeah uh maybe i'll get around to it at this point i just i don't care i really i thought about watching it i hit play and immediately i was like i don't actually want to watch this so i just backed out and i haven't gone back since
2: i think i did hear that they do plan on ending it though like next season
1: i think originally their plan which is weird because
2: it's probably one of their most successful shows
1: i think it is their most successful show
2: did you like Malik wearing the Stranger Things? Hoodie? Oh yeah, I like the hoodie. But... It was cool. But do you think he wanted to wear it, or I think he wanted to wear it. Yeah. What you think? Netflix because... gave it to him. Well, I don't know. Like it's so a little weird. Little cross promotion the of it. Like, <laughs> was that at all mentioned prior to filming, or was it just like a weird coincidence that this is a Netflix show and he's wearing a Stranger Things hoodie? you know what i mean i think it's
1: coincidence that show is
2: really fucking big dude i know but it just feels weird you know what i mean like oh no it totally does (laughs) yeah you're like i'm
1: watching a netflix show and i'm seeing a netflix (laughs) brand like a character in this show wearing a netflix hoodie yeah Yeah. no i see where you're coming from but i gotta get the private life hoodie i can't <laughs> no i'm gonna be exclusively rocking like adam sandler netflix merch <laughs> get a stanley wexler shirt <laughs> oh, yeah.
2: speaking of adam sandler we softy are, brothers is that oh, where you are yeah. going with this oh yeah it's got to release date tiff i think it's playing tiff but they it said is playing it's TIF, yeah they said it's going to be in theaters like mid-december so maybe it has like a like simultaneous release it's probably a
1: new york Once. la well tiff is in september
2: Oh, okay, then.
1: They're, I think they're probably doing, like, play in New York, play in L.A. Although, I don't know. It, it, they just announced today that it's going to start playing mid-December.
2: Uh, It was either a day or two ago, and, like, their production company said something like, in theaters, December 12th or 15th, oh, okay. whatever the Friday is around that time period. Yeah. But couldn't be more excited.
1: Well, there's, there's a lot of... This December is looking pretty fucked i mean that's number one. you got star wars oh well, that's pretty close too you got cats <laughs> no cats is gonna kill um now we're just like going on tangents but i have another tangent to throw out there <laughs> did you see uh halloween news
2: double yes i did hear
1: announced for halloween sequels david gordon green halloween
2: so they're continuing you know both?
1: i think so yeah i think he signed on to do both is i don't
2: shooting him back to back do you know
1: i believe so yeah shooting back to back i don't know if Danny mcbride is involved or not i'd be willing to bet probably not i think it's probably just david gordon green doing it um 2020 we have halloween kills maybe that's to play on machete kills i don't know maybe maybe um and then 2021 halloween ends and jamie lee curtis is
2: also signed on so So you think that will be the end? No.
1: (laughs) Of course not. 20 years, just give it another 20 years and they'll get rebooted again. The thing with horror movies is that they're really cheap to produce and with nostalgia being as big as it is, just rebooted every, you know, for every 10 years.
2: Well, dude, even in that genre, you don't even need to be a known thing to make money. No? As long as your budget's like, you know, semi-low. And you cater to that. And you time phone? like
1: the release window right. Yeah. And it doesn't look atrocious. Enough
2: marketing out there. Good to go. Yeah. That's that's Blumhouse's model. Right
1: there. <laughs> um I am mildly excited. It kind of feels like
2: Oh come on, you gave the last one five stars. I did, I did,
1: excited. but they're just <laughs> turning it into a serialized like I have low hopes or how should I phrase this? I'm not very confident that they can actually keep the level of quality through because part of the reason why the Halloween reboot works so well is because they brought Jamie Lee Curtis back in, really did a service to her character, made well, her a did they disregard
2: most of the franchise? It was
1: literally... The only one they acknowledged was OG Halloween. Like, the first John Carpenter Halloween. All
2: of the other sequels were ignored. Do we know what the details are of these ones yet?
1: I don't think there's any details yet. Just the titles and the
2: speculation.
1: Well, uh, Halloween kills. Obviously, Michael Myers survived the fucking... Well, actually, you can't do Halloween without Michael Myers, right? But there there was some weird... Like, at the end of the last Halloween, there was a... She was still holding the knife... Like uh, the little girl, not little girl, the daughter. Oh, yeah. They kind of did that with, um, which Halloween was it? I think it was Halloween 4 when they introduced the little girl. She eventually becomes like an apprentice of Michael and she kills people too, the little girl. Did you ever see those like middle uh, Halloween movies?
2: What's her name? The Scream Queen. Daniel Harris? Yes. Uh, I've seen... 1, 2, and 3.
1: Okay, so you have not seen... And any.
2: the Rob Zombie ones and the latest one. Okay,
1: 4, 5, and 6. I, I kind of like 4, 5, and 6 for trash. Resurrection it's bad. Oh, I've seen like fun. H2O.
2: Like the ones that came out in like the 90s or so, I probably saw those. <laughs> but I hadn't seen any of them when I saw those. Sure, okay.
1: Yeah, How many 4, 5, and 6 are widely regarded as the worst ones. And I think it's the... the crown of thorns or the thorn i can't remember the society but it goes into like a weird supernatural cult direction anyway there's the thing where uh one of there's like a little girl who was previously being chased by michael and then she ends up becoming a killer herself so maybe they will do that with these sequels but i don't know i just hope there's some surprises in store Uh, like i like you said i love the first one not the first one, but the first David Gordon Green one. So,
2: Yeah, I wonder what they'll do. Like, if they'll go in a different direction or actually, like, try and finalize this story and then maybe try and do something else after. We need a new horror see. icon.
1: Yeah, there hasn't been. What was the last one? Fucking Jigsaw? Jigsaw. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, on, like, a cult level... The Conjuring universe. Well, um... On well, like kind the of none, a like right? a cult <laughs> horror
2: level, uh Crowley from the Hatchet movies. Oh, yeah.
1: Not on the same level as the others. No. Like, there's, there that has never a,
2: had a, a wide, like a mainstream appeal. It was right. always like cold. For horror fans. Yeah.
1: Jigsaw is the last ubiquitous
2: horror figure.
1: Except except maybe some of the the conjuring Paranormal movies. Paranormal
2: activity doesn't have like a, a identity. Face. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Maybe some like maybe the nun or but it's still it's not the same. No. Like a slasher killers. There ha- I mean Jigsaw is a little different still but
2: There hasn't been no one counts. One. yeah.
1: <laughs> um all right, what else you got?
2: Uh let's see. I rewatched a few things and that's probably all I really want to talk about. Okay. Rewatched American Honey. It's Why? on Netflix. Um I wanted to bump it up to a 5. Oh my god. <laughs> and did you? And I did. Oh my re-watch. god. It's uh, beautiful, a lot of just great scenes. Um, I just think it really encapsulates just like growing up and like adolescence and like becoming an adult and there's a lot of symbolism. Um, it's a road movie. You get to see a lot of like America. The soundtrack is a banger and it's all over the place too, which is a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, well, in a good... In a good way that it may appeal to everyone, but like you may not dig everything on it. Right. Is it like, but like dubstep
1: me? and country and rock and yeah. it's all across the board? Yeah, pretty
2: much. But if you have a wide taste in music, then you may dig it. It's got a lot of like iconic type songs that play really well in the movie. I still haven't seen it. You should watch it. It's almost three hours, isn't it? Yeah, it's a long one. Shit. Two hours and 42 minutes. Mm. I'll, I'll get her in. With does it doesn't feel long, though. I feel like you and Haley should watch it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Right. I like Andrea Arnold, or at least from Big Ch-
2: Little Eyes. Chaya. That's, yeah, that's why you're watching it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fun fact for no one, but <laughs> the girl who's in uh, Heaven Knows What, this, one of the Safety Brothers earlier movies, mm-hmm. she is in this as well. In American
1: Honey? Mm hmm. And you didn't know that at the time you first saw American Honey, right?
2: Right. Ariel Holmes, who's like a drug addict, like not an actor, that the Safety brothers like found on the streets and told her story through this like dramatized version of Heaven Knows What. But then from that role, she got a role in this movie as well. So kind of cool. But she's like a recovering drug addict. So Riley Keough's in it as well. American Honey? Mm Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, Sasha, Sasha Brown, Lane. this was like Lane.
2: her claim to fame. Yeah, now she's she's got a few like bigger roles. I mean, she was in Hertz Be Loud. Yeah, I guess she was in the new Hellboy. Yeah, well. and she was in the Miseducation of Cameron Post.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, she wasn't
2: that. Uh, I also rewatched Foxcatcher. <laughs>
1: What what these are some weird rewatches. Well What was it about yeah, what was it about
2: Foxcatcher? I own it on Blu-ray and I've been trying to rewatch some of my movies.
1: You have so many you haven't even seen once, or did you sell some of them? You still have a lot you haven't seen ever,
2: right? I have a pile (laughs) that I need to sell if you're interested. (laughs) Hit me up. -hmm. Um Well, I just hadn't seen it since the theater. I just was itching for a rewatch. Interesting. Five years. Foxcatcher? Came out in twenty fourteen. For real? That's what Letterbox says. Jesus. Maybe it was 2015, but well,
1: no, that makes sense because I, I was like, I, I, was thinking in my head, I was in Seattle when I saw that, but I fucking lived here for like six years
2: now, yeah, so dude, time flies. <laughs> um, love this movie. It's now a five star movie. Oh my god,
1: you're just bump. <laughs> you just went through Letterbox four and a half stars, just no. looking for shit you could bump up.
2: Uh, love the performances. Yeah. Again. It looks incredible, like just the lighting and just everything, just the way it's framed, all of it. Um,
1: it's really good. I, I was surprised because I haven't really felt an urge to rewatch it, you know, even though I, I liked it quite a bit when I saw yeah. it. Yeah,
2: It's a f- pretty fascinating story, and I feel like it doesn't really spell it all out, which is like part of why I like it, I feel like, because there's a, like a mystery to it, and just like... John DuPont like that guy is just such a weirdo and Steve Carell kind of makes it his own I don't know if you watched any like the documentary footage and stuff oh but like he's definitely doing some of the similar stuff and like antics of him but like I feel like it would be nearly impossible to try and recreate the original like John DuPont
1: so he kind of puts his own spin on it
2: yeah but I like it um yeah i don't really know i think that's the main reason why i rewatched it though but it's pretty awesome nice well that'll, maybe that'll i'll rewatch it sports movie you know <laughs> <laughs> uh last thing i want to talk about is out of the furnace so it's another get out of here blu-ray with blu-ray these- <laughs> <re-watch. laughs>
1: don't tell it was this already a five-star movie
2: it, this went down. It went
1: down. Okay. <laughs> it
2: was a four and a half. Now it's at a four. It's pretty boring. And I feel like I was maybe being kind of generous because it, it might be a three and a half.
1: <laughs> it's a cool movie sometimes, but
2: it's it's pretty dull. It's very bleak and it's very dull. I just I remember just getting really wrapped up in like the characters and the performance the first time around. And maybe that's why I didn't like it as much this time because I kind of knew where it was going and like I knew what to expect. But like, I don't know. I feel like I remember more from like the first time I watched it <laughs> than when I just watched it recently.
1: Were you like half paying
2: attention or was this no, like I a, was, an invested Yeah, match? I was like fully into it, but it just like didn't grab me like the first time.
1: So are you finally coming around on that director being a hack?
2: Because um, he
1: is kind of a hack.
2: Well,. Hostiles wasn't great, but I would want to give Crazy Heart another chance. Yeah. Because I did like that a lot.
1: Scott um, Cooper is the guy's name, right? Yes.
2: But I haven't seen Black Mass. So. I, I also have not seen that one. I know it's fun to make fun of this guy. I know Film Junk loves <laughs> <railing> <laughs> on this guy. But I don't know. He's okay. I feel like, I feel like he might be one of those directors who like tries really hard to be like profound and like an artist but like all he's really doing is like borrowing from like some of his favorites and just like making everything like so serious and like feel like make it feel like it's important and like then he also like surrounds himself with like great actors too so that kind of boost him up a yeah why are
1: these people signing on to work with this guy what is I it don't know, <laughs> uh did, wait did he do killing them softly too no
2: who's that that's the guy who did assassination of jesse james killing him softly is fucking awesome wait he did assassination
1: <laughs> of jesse james too
2: the guy who did killing him Softly, yeah but that's a different guy than this guy okay
1: what what has he done since killing them softly
2: i know he did that one uh documentary about uh not Tom Waits but uh
1: Tom DeLonge maybe
2: no <laughs> it's Andrew Dominic we're talking about Andrew Dominic didn't he do Nick Cave he did a documentary on Nick Cave
1: huh
2: he did Chopper
1: Yeah that was one of his early ones
2: That's though. about it though he might have done some like TV or something but
1: Oh this guy oh, yeah yeah this guy hasn't done as much as I thought he had Because don't you think Killing Them Softly kind of feels like Scott Cooper could have done that movie a little bit? It's kind of slow. You got some
2: prestigious actors in there. Maybe. But Killing Them Softly has a style to it.
1: Oh, he did three three episodes of season two of Mindhunter. Are you at all hyped Uh, on
2: that? No. Really? I watched like the first two or three episodes of the first season. Yeah, both you and Tom were
1: not into it, but I love that shit. I thought it was great. Meh. Well, are are you on board now that you know that he directed three of the episodes? No. Oh, get the fuck out of here. It's going to be great. I can't wait for that to come back. Um, and he, he's in pre-production for a movie called Blonde, which stars Anna Diarmas.
2: Is this his Atomic Blonde?
1: No, it's a fictionalized chronicle of the inner life of Marilyn Monroe. And Marilyn Monroe is going to be Anna Diarmas, who was. He's in doing a
2: Marilyn Monroe, mm-hmm. like biopic. Mm-hmm. Interesting.
1: Well, I don't know. It could maybe it's like a very small time in her life. I don't know what the scope. Hopefully, of it it's is, better
2: than the other one with Michelle Williams.
1: You know who Anna Diarmas is, right? No, she was the she was Joy in Blade Runner twenty forty nine, like the mm. android, the hot android woman. Mm. She was in, I think, Train Spotting Two, if I remember correctly. Um, going through her. You might be right. She was in Knock Knock. War Dogs. Knock
2: Knock was so bad.
1: Okay, now I'm thinking of a different girl. Yeah, she. Okay. Oh, she's gonna be in Knives Out, and she's gonna be in uh, Bond 25. Interesting. So anyway, Out of the Furnace, movie sucks.
2: A movie that I am excited about. That star someone else from Blade Runner twenty forty nine. We're just going all over. <laughs> That's what well, happens when we don't have Tom. Around. I'm excited for to see Mackenzie Davis in Terminator Dark Fate. I don't know if I'm necessarily excited for Terminator Dark Fate.
1: I want to like that movie so bad, but everything I've seen looks horrible.
2: And it's the director of Deadpool one,
1: which Deadpool one's totally fine.
2: Totally fine. But, but James I, like, K- I like Mackenzie Davis, is what I'm trying yeah, to say. Yeah, sure, sure. You got, you, but
1: you got James Cameron back as producer. You producer. got fucking... Did you see Edward Furlong is coming back, too? Oh, yeah. We and got, it's going to be rated R. Yes, we got OG uh, Linda Hamilton playing yeah. Sarah Connor. You got OG Arnold. John Connor. You got Arnold. Like, But it just looks so bad. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, that'll be a movie where, if it's good, all it has to do is be... Better than bad, and I will be surprised. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs>
2: Did you even see the last one? Yes. I saw the one with Christian Bale.
1: Also horrible, yeah. <laughs> but Genesis is maybe not worse. Genesis is at least more stupid. Is and it it's, like
2: Transformers good?
0: Well, <laughs> the thing with Genesis is that it's
1: so bad, it's kind of fun to watch. Oh, okay. Terminator Salvation is just like dour and stupid but very serious (laughs) yeah
2: um how about terminator 3 i like terminator 3 i have not seen that forever
1: it's a it's fun dude the opening scene when he goes to the biker bar or not maybe not biker, but he puts on like the pink glasses (laughs) (laughs) this kills kills um okay was that it for you
2: yeah i'm done
1: uh i'm gonna knock out a couple quick documentaries that i watched uh so, let me pull up her name. So, you probably will not be familiar with her name, but... A real-life
2: person in the news?
1: No. Uh, no. Erin <laughs> Aaron, Aaron Lee
2: Carr. Are you
1: familiar with that No. director's name? So, I was not familiar with her either, but I watched this documentary, and I was like, that name sounds familiar, and I looked it up. She does a bunch of, like, the HBO documentaries... So the reason I bring this up is because HBO has a new documentary that just came out called I Love You Now Die.
2: Didn't you watch that?
1: I did watch that. So um, it's a pretty interesting case. It's like a t- HBO is doing this thing for the month of July where like every week they're putting up a new like two part cr- like crime documentary. Oh
2: man, they are cashing in on this. Yep.
1: On the craze. Um, this, one, on. <laughs> this one was quite good though. So it's it's... If you combine the two episodes, it's probably like two and a half hours, something like that, roughly. But I don't know if you heard about this case, but it happened a couple years ago. And it was a girl who convinced her long-distance boyfriend to commit suicide by like berating him via text. And she got charged for manslaughter for that even though she was not physically present when he killed himself so it was like a whole thing because it's like what are the implications of she that was just
2: telling him to kill himself and he did and then she got charged for it yes so it,
1: it covers that whole thing but i'm just what, kidding the, <laughs> yeah i didn't actually mean it come on um but why this case is so interesting is because i remember when it first happened and like the media was covering it and it was like this psycho bitch like told this dude to kill himself and it was like wow how could you do that she's a horrible horrible person and she is but this documentary does a really good job of showing the full picture because it's not as simple as the media coverage made it out to be right like there's a lot of factors going on oh yeah um so it's super interesting because you you kind of flip-flop a little bit you're like uh, she clearly sucks, but should she be held responsible? She has her own issues. This he had his own issues. The guy who killed himself. Um, really well done documentary. So after the fact, I looked up Erin Lee Carr, and she did "Mommy Dead and Dearest," that other HBO documentary about uh, DD. Like the st- the case just got turned into a, a did Hulu you watch show. Those too? Yes, I had watched it a couple of years ago. Oh, okay. Um, mommy den Deers i watched and then she also did and i think i talked about it on the show this was a while ago though do you remember uh i think it's called th- thought crimes the case of the cannibal cop do you remember me talking about that a couple that years ago sound familiar? <laughs> <laughs> i th- think i talked about it on the show maybe this was before we started but another similar case where a cop basically was super into cannibalism but he never actually took the step to like catch someone and kill them and eat them but he fantasized about it and there's a cop? like a cop thousands of like online messages that he exchanged basically going as far as planning out kidnapping someone and killing them and eating them describing like which part of the body they'd want to taste you know shit like that um, so that got into the implication of if these are just thoughts that you're having, but you never actually carry out the crime. Blah, blah, Mindhunter. You know. Yeah, kind of similar <laughs> to that. You know what I mean? So I realized, that, oh, this chick has done some documentaries that are like I think are really good. She works with HBO a lot. I watched another one that she did this year, actually. Um, earlier this year. You may have heard of it. Um, At the Heart of Gold. Have you ever yeah. seen that pop up on HBO? Uh-uh. It came out earlier this year. Sports doc? Yes. It's an uh, Olympic gymnast documentary. It's about uh, the kid diddler, the, oh. the Olympic national team. The, took a turn. Like the Olympic.
2: <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, sports doc, eh? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I can get down
1: with that. Uh, he, for, year, for decades, sexually abused young, young, young female gymnasts and he was finally exposed a couple of years ago but the documentary basically from the time he came into the sport to his exit uh they cover how he was able to get away with it and blah 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 and it's it's pretty impactful it's uh probably my least favorite of the ones that I watched of hers just because i i knew of the story but it's pretty standard pretty standard stuff like obviously it's a horribly fucked up story and you feel bad for the people who are involved but it was kind of by the numbers like yeah you should have known. a
2: stranger than fiction Hmm? like the documentary does no (laughs) (laughs) like uh what was that one on netflix with the john benet no cast
1: not that one casting john benet
2: the one that was recent that came out on netflix with the the girl and the neighbor or the it was either a neighbor or, like, he he was, like, so obsessed with the little girl. Don't you remember that?
1: Oh, oh. Uh, abducted in Plain called. Sight? Yeah. I want to say it was called, like, Trapped in a Claw. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, and yeah. It's a better made documentary than that, but not as interesting. That story is crazy. It's fucking nuts, oh right? Oh, my God. Um. <laughs> oh. So anyway, I mean, she's kind of an HBO jobber, but she does really cool stuff, and it's all available on HBO's like streaming platforms and stuff. That's how I've watched literally all of these. Um, she's I your it. new favorite filmmaker. Oh yeah, favorite documentarian. Her and uh, the tickled guy, David Ferrier. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> Those are tops. Um, so I watched that. That was about it. There's one other yeah. thing that I watched that was a first time watch, uh, which we talked about it briefly via text or messages at work or something but, oh yes uh i watched my own private idaho this Let's was a it. this was a criterion <laughs> buy cuz the criterion sale is going on this month right. so got my own private idaho uh i'm pretty familiar now, this wasn't with was in a force feed no 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 <laughs> so well okay i gave it 5 stars i logged it as a fiber i really like gus van sant's stuff he's the one who directed my own private idaho um I but like some
2: of his stuff some stuff that I've seen of his is I'll say miss. Yes. But maybe I need to rewatch it but as of right now I miss.
1: So here's where here's where I stand with Gus Van Sant. I've seen a bunch of his movies. I love mm. Drugstore Cowboys, To Good Die stuff. For, and Good Will Hunting.
2: To Die For was man. No, man was great. Got to rewatch it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Don't waste your time on fucking American Honey and <laughs> Foxcatcher. Um, so I, I love those movies, but they're not like personal favorites of mine. Right. Yeah. You know, but I appreciate them. And then there's stuff like elephant, great movie, but do I want to rewatch it again? Maybe. I don't know. Probably not. Mm. Uh, milk, I think is a great movie, yeah. but again, I don't know. It's doesn't stand up to some of the other ones I talked about. It's Fine. It's
2: not going to be one of like your favorites. Yeah. Right. Well made. Whose favorite movie is fucking milk. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, And then you have stuff like Jerry, which is fucking boring as fuck. I haven't seen it. You have. Don't forget
2: about last year's movie. Oh yeah, don't worry, he won't get far on foot. Yeah, that's a great movie. Probably my favorite. That one's great too. Which might be surprising, but I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm a little surprised, (laughs) but
1: uh, that was that movie was quite good. He's a very prolific director, right? He's been doing it a long time. He makes a lot of movies, uh, some of which have, like, Last Days. That movie is fucking boring. Jerry is fucking boring. Promised Land. You ever see that with Matt Damon? Fucking boring. (laughs) Um, So, my own private Idaho. This is River Phoenix uh, prior to his death, untimely death.
2: This is your favorite? Yes, I think so. Um, This this is in the personal favorites category. It's above the to I4 category this
1: would probably Tears. make Gus <laughs> Van <laughs> top 100 but like okay. low top 100 okay. I know that's like you know, eh, no but enough. I fair liked enough. it I liked it a lot I was kind of on the fence through the first 25 minutes because the thing about this movie is that it's almost Shakespearean in the way that it's written like they use a lot of street slang in this movie but there will be moments where people kind of have like monologues, and they use a lot of elevated language, and well, they're very is, expressive with their performance.
2: It is a loose adaptation of Henry the Fourth. For real?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did not know that. But it makes <laughs> that makes a lot of sense then. Why I thought it felt Shakespearean. First
2: sentence of the uh, synopsis on Letterbox is in this loose adaptation of Shakespeare's Henry the Fourth. Wow.
1: Okay. That makes a lot more sense because I did not know that at all. Because that's... I, one, I haven't read the play. I've not seen any of the film adaptations of that. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't say that anywhere in the movie, right? That's interesting. <laughs> but so here's the thing. It's what I like about the movie and what kind of initially rubbed me the wrong way is that, those Shakespearean elements. Because I didn't know that going into it. So I was like, this is, this is strange. People don't really talk this way. But... I love how like gritty the material is. Essentially, it follows two like uh, uh, gigolos. Basically, they are they seem to be homeless. Uh, they're they hang out with uh, an unseemly crowd, but they're very close knit there's a lot of heart in this movie. Like there's one specific scene where river and Keanu's characters, their bike is broken down and they're basically sitting by a fire and it's a, there's no music. There's no other sounds going on other than the crackle of the fire. And they share like a really emotional moment by the fire. That was kind of where I knew the movie was something special. And then from there, it's just like, so as an example, I know you watched this relatively recently, but like a year ago or so. Yeah. Um, The way the sex scenes are staged, the the actors are basically used like mannequins. So the way it's cut is like they'll be having sex, but it's like it's not a freeze frame because you can tell that they're like they're alive in the scene but they're frozen right so it's like the camera jumping around with edits just showing like these actors staged like mannequins having sex and there's like these crazy angles and positions and there's no music and it's just lots of weird touches like that lots of really funny moments lots of touching moments i thought it looked beautiful like the blu-ray um was looking pretty nice on my tv um it just i don't think i had seen river in anything besides he's a standby me right yeah i think that's the only other movie i've seen river phoenix in <clears throat> i liked him a lot it was cool seeing keanu playing a role that i'm really not used to seeing from keanu i thought that was kind of neat um just loved it made me cry a little bit made me laugh it's beautiful very interesting and very unique
2: yeah, I don't think he was in much, to be honest. Well, he died. He was yeah. maybe
1: 23, I think, when he died. Mm-hmm. He was older. He's the older brother of Joaquin, though, right?
2: Yeah, I believe so.
1: Um, very Can you interesting. imagine? Thing, anyway. he what? He was still alive today? Oh, man. Oh, dude, they could have been fucking dynamic duo. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he probably could have played uh Phil Seymour Hoffman's role in The Master couple years older. Yeah. Fucking, you know, he could have put on some weight. Would have killed. Anyway, I loved it. My own private Idaho. It's a banger.
2: One of the new favorites. Yeah.
1: Certified banger. All right.
2: I might need to borrow it and rewatch it.
1: Yeah. Well, you just watched like a year ago. What was it? What, uh, you gave it a three. Like, what, it a three. what didn't work for you?
2: I don't know. I just remember it being kind of like, just kind of meandering. Yeah. Like kind of slow and just like, I don't know. It just didn't grab me. Just sure, bored and just felt like some indie, you know. <laughs> <color>. It felt <laughs>
1: special to me.
2: See, it didn't feel special to me, but I could totally flip my tune on a rewatch. Sure, so.
1: um, or change my tune. Change, yeah. <laughs> flip the tune, maybe. <laughs> um, I think that's gonna do it for me. Um, I'm pulling up my uh, activity here just to make sure. Oh, I watched Fire Fraud. The other fire Festival documentary, nothing to report. I've now seen two. The Netflix one is better. (laughs) For for (laughs) anyone who's wondering, the Netflix one is
2: better. Do you feel like you would miss anything by not watching the Hulu one? No. Okay, that's good to know.
1: The Hulu one, uh, there's some differences that are kind of neat, but the the main uh, pull, I guess, like attraction for the Hulu one is that they actually got Billy in it. Mm. the guy responsible for it to give interviews and stuff so uh but he is very dodgy answering questions he doesn't say a whole lot he's just there for the paycheck
2: you know what i mean so doesn't really add anything to the movie i wonder how much they paid him
1: uh (laughs) 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 dollars yeah um yeah that's it that's all i got anything else you want to throw in there Mm, not really okay well, that is going to do it for this week. Uh, next week, we're going to be discussing Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It's going to be a big one. Mm-hmm. Probably something else, too, but I don't know. I yeah, haven't we really looked the at list. the schedule, but we'll throw something else in there, most likely. Um, Tom will be out, I'm sure, but we should have another guest that y'all will be familiar with. one,
2: yeah. Um, don't know if we want to get crazy enough, too. Yeah. We we'll should at least have one. Yes
1: so if things go according to plan we will have a guest on the next episode but thank you everyone for listening uh like us on facebook follow us on twitter
2: give us a review on itunes and all that jazz go see some movies Mm -hmm. come play apex with us yeah (laughs) we'll post (laughs) uh
1: we'll throw our gamer tags out there at some point um okay that is gonna do it thank Mm -hmm. you you we'll be back